It's time for Dodger Baseball. His was the voice of summer. So familiar, he almost felt like family. It's sad to see him go. Vince Scully, the voice of Dodger Baseball, passed away at the age of 94. Vince Scully had one of the most recognizable voices in all sports. People from all over the country remembering him calling World Series games. He began broadcasting for the Dodgers way back in 1950 when the team was in Brooklyn. Quite simply, Scully was a storyteller who could call a game by himself. He even knew the art of the pause, that not every second of the broadcast had to be filled with his voice. I never had the chance to meet Vin, but I knew Jack Buck, the voice of the Cardinals. I even had lunch with him, and we talked about his faith in Jesus. Isn't it great when people from different worlds share the same Savior? Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing together with us the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called The Bible Through the Jesus Lens. Whenever people pass away, well-known or not, it gets me to thinking about how fleeting this life is. Even people like Vin Scully, who seemed to be a constant and friendly voice for generations, he's come and gone. The Bible says life is a vapor. It also reminds us to put our faith in the one who is a true constant, who is true and always there, and it will never go away. Jesus Christ, he changed the course of history, and he's always the same, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Today, we're going to think more about the eternal Jesus and how he is clearly seen and spoken of in the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 25, God says to Jeremiah these horrible words. He says, Jeremiah, take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. And this is what Jesus is so anxious about in the garden when he says, Father, if you're willing... Let this cup pass from me. This is the cup he's talking about. Dr. Michael Williams is an Old Testament scholar and a Bible translator. And he'll be back with us in just a moment to talk more about this weeping prophet Jeremiah and Jesus. Then after the program, I'd like you to get a copy of Michael's book called How to Read the Bible Through the Jesus Lens. Sometimes we can open up a prophet like Jeremiah or a book like Revelation and not even know where to start. Well, Michael does a great job within four pages to show the major themes of every book of the Bible, where and when it was written, but more importantly, how it points to Jesus. I know this book will bless your Bible study like it has so many of us on the Haven team, including me. So, as our thank you for your gift here in the month of August to Haven Ministries, I want to send you how to Read the Bible Through the Jesus Lens. Our number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And yes, we still have the deluxe edition of the Jesus Storybook Bible with the audiobook read by David Suchet for your gift as well. And now, we haven't heard her in a little while, but I don't get enough of her. We open the program with the music of Laura Story. Atoning sacrifice, keeper. 
What a Savior, here on this Haven Today from her Blessings album, Laura's Story. And I'm Charles Morris with the Bible through the Jesus lens. It's hard to believe that we're already in the month of August. The years just keep flying by. I realize that as I get older. And sometimes when I think about the passing of time, I wonder how life could be different. Ever have thoughts like those? Sometimes I think about what life would be like if God had never revealed himself to us. And I don't just mean in nature, which I truly enjoy being out in. We read in places like Psalm 19 and Romans 1 that the creation itself shows us that God exists. He's all-powerful. And yes, he's even glorious. But what if he never spoke to us through his prophets and apostles? What if we had no Bible? We would really only know enough to condemn us. We wouldn't know about the gospel. Wouldn't that be a terrible life? Well, we suffer on this fallen planet. Some of it is the result of the sins of others. But what if we didn't hear about Christ's life, death, and resurrection for his people? About God's love and mercy for us? There would be no point to our suffering. There would be no hope. To use the language of the Apostle Paul, of all people, we would be the most miserable. But that isn't how things are. And you and I can thank our Lord for that. God has spoken to us, like in the time of the Old Testament when he sent the prophets. Well, today I want us to think about the book of Jeremiah. And we're in this series, The Bible Through the Jesus Lens. And with me again is my friend, Dr. Michael Williams. Michael, you mind helping us understand this major prophet and how he leads us to Christ? Oh, I'd love to, because I love the book of Jeremiah. I didn't used to, I must Mm. confess, Mm. uh, like the book of Jeremiah, because, uh, you know, Jeremiah has this nickname, the weeping prophet. Mm -hmm. And I kind of fashioned myself as a tough guy, and I, I didn't, you know, a weeping prophet, it's, come on, Jeremiah, man up here, but... Um, when I got to understand what it is that he was doing and what God was saying through Jeremiah, oh, I fell in love with this guy. Because Jeremiah had a horrible job assigned to him. The northern kingdom of Israel had already gone away into exile. All that was left of God's people in the promised land was the southern kingdom of Judah. And God tells Jeremiah to go and plead with his people to turn back from their sinful ways so that God would not have to send them into exile too. Hmm. And when we see Jeremiah weeping, we see the anguish of God for his people. He doesn't want to punish them, but they're leaving him no no out. He's going to have to punish sin. And so Jeremiah weeps to show God's concern over this. Uh, But Jeremiah says something amazing God uses Jeremiah to tell his people that, yes, you know, I'm a holy God. You've sinned against me. I'm going to have to punish your sin Mm. in order for me to remain holy. Mm. But because I love you so much, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to make a new covenant. Mm -hmm. And covenant is just a fancy word for relationship. He's saying, I'm going to have a new relationship with you after this judgment. And we might ask ourselves, you know, how can this be? The problem in the divine-human relationship is always the human side of the relationship. God always uh, fulfills his role in the relationship. He's a perfect relationship partner, but we human beings always mess it up. So we might ask ourselves, what good is it 
for God to promise another relationship, won't we just mess that one up too? Hmm. But this is where God says something amazing. He says it's going to be a new covenant. It's not going to be like the old one. And we have to understand what he means by new here. New is not just, uh, it doesn't mean replacement, like I'm going to get a new car because my old one's worn out. Right. New, new means a different kind. This is not going to be like the other relationship. This is going to be unique. And what makes this relationship unique, we come to find out, and we ultimately see in the pages of the New Testament, is that God is going to punish the sin of his people fully, totally. And yet he's going to establish with his people an unbreakable, everlasting relationship. Mm. And, and that, that's amazing. We say, how, how can this be? And the answer is the new something that God is going to be doing is made possible by a new someone. Because Mm. it is true that human beings always mess up their side of the relationship. So what God does with his relentless grace and amazing mercy Mm. is to say, I'm going to provide for an everlasting relationship with these people I love by fulfilling the human side of the relationship myself. Mm. I'm going to become human. And I'm going to make sure that this relationship is perfectly fulfilled. Wow. And everyone who joins themselves to Christ by faith has that perfect human relationship partner standing there for them so that this relationship can now never be broken. Mm. And yet, the sin is still punished. In Jeremiah chapter 25, God says to Jeremiah these horrible words. He says, Jeremiah... Take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. And then he lists those nations, and then he sums it up at the end, all the nations on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. So in other words, everyone's going to have to experience God's judgment. And this is what Jesus is so anxious about in the garden when he says, Father, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. This is the cup he's talking about. It's a reference to Jeremiah. It's this cup filled with the wine of God's wrath. And who better would know what that meant than Jesus himself? Who went to die on the cross, yes. To bear that punishment so that we could have that new relationship. And this is what Jesus says in those famous words at the Last Supper. It says, in the same way after supper, he took the cup. Now, this is a physical cup that he's holding, but he's using Mm -hmm. it to refer to this cup in Jeremiah, this cup filled with the wine of God's wrath that he was going to experience on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And he says to his disciples, this cup, this experience of divine wrath that I'm undertaking for you, this cup is the new covenant, the new relationship that comes at the cost of my blood. So Mm -hmm. he's saying, because... I pay for all of human sin, past, present, and future. Because I do that, and because I was perfectly obedient, now you, if you claim me as your representative, can have this everlasting, unbreakable relationship with the Father. And that relationship is just as secure as the Son's relationship with the Father. That's the gospel of Jeremiah. Wow. And that's an amazing thing to consider. Mm. Michael Williams, thank you for sharing with us how we can read Jeremiah through the Jesus lens. You're more than welcome. Even today in a program called The Bible Through the Jesus Lens. And once again, I'm so thankful we could be joined by Michael Williams. The promise of a new covenant 
the prophecy of a Savior who would come and do what was necessary to lead us back to God. That's what you find in Jeremiah. Well, let's think about the very beginning of the book, the very first chapter. Yahweh, God Almighty, calls Jeremiah to be his prophet. Listen to this, starting in verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Now imagine hearing something like this from the God of all creation. He chose Jeremiah before he was even born, and he sent him as his mouthpiece, his spokesman, to declare a very special message. He was sent as a prophet to the nations. He was given words to tear down, but also words to build up, or we could say words of judgment, but also words of mercy and grace. God gave Jeremiah many things to speak to his people in his name. I think some of my favorites are from chapter 23. It starts out with a condemnation of Israel's leaders. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Is there any better description of the kings, priests, and false prophets in Israel and Judah during the time of the divided kingdom? Shepherds who destroyed and scattered their flock, who gave them false confidence, even led them into sin? But that wasn't the end of the story. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. Not many people know that Old Testament passage but I think it's one of the most beautiful descriptions of our Savior in all the Bible. The people of God needed a leader, a king who would lead in righteousness, a priest who would go between them and God, a prophet who would reveal the perfect will of God. And guess what? That's what we have in Jesus, the one who is both God and man, even in the midst of all the sin and judgment that one finds in the book of Jeremiah, you still see the gospel. You still hear about the Messiah. Now, Jeremiah was not successful as a prophet, at least not by human standards. People didn't listen to him. He was even imprisoned, even kidnapped. But he told about the one who would one day come to die for his people, that righteous branch from the line of King David. So you and I can be thankful for this prophecy. We can praise God that his spirit worked through Jeremiah to bring his word not only to the ancient Israelites, but for us as well. Jesus didn't have to come. We hadn't earned anything with God. And the Lord didn't have to tell us about his grace and mercy about his love for sinners, but he did. So as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death on this fallen planet, you and I can be confident. We are not relying on shepherds who are destroying and scattering God's sheep. We have the good shepherd, Christ himself, and he has revealed himself to us through his word. We have the gospel, 
we have the good news of what Jesus did for his people. That's the only thing that makes our suffering worthwhile. And that's what Jeremiah tells us. In these days of confused situations, in these nights of restless remorse, when the heart and the soul of a nation lay wounded and cold as a cold, from the grave of the Comes a song bringing joy to the sad. Oh, your cry has been heard, and the ransom has been paid up in full. Be glad. 
be ye glad, oh, be ye glad, every death that you ever had has been paid up in full by the grace of the Lord. Be ye glad, be ye glad, be ye glad. From 1982, can you believe it? 40 years ago this year, the music group Glad. They were known as an a cappella group, but that version, Be Ye Glad, has a piano underneath it. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. Reading the Bible is a true privilege, especially when we know this is how God speaks to us. But sometimes it's hard to understand what we're reading. Who is this written to? And why was it written? What is it trying to tell us? Those questions and more are exactly what Dr. Michael Williams set out to answer when he wrote How to Read the Bible Through the Jesus Lens. Michael takes every book of the Bible, all 66, and simply explains in four pages every book. And the part I really enjoy is what we're all about here at Haven today. Michael shows us how every book points to Jesus. It's a great resource. It's helped me understand the Bible better, and I know it will be for you as well. Our number to call right now is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online for how to read the Bible through Jesus' lens. Our web address, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And we still have the deluxe edition of the Jesus Storybook Bible with the audiobook for your gift to the ministry as well. And then... Just as it's time for us to leave each other for another day, why don't you pray with me about joining me for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land late this November? Just visit that website, haventoday.org. We've put a banner up at the top of our homepage. Click on it there, and you'll read about this trip of a lifetime. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Gospel can mean a lot of things these days. We say that something is the gospel truth. We have gospel music. There's even a gospel diet, as hard as that is to believe. But what does this word mean exactly? Simply put, it means good news, specifically the good news about Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul summarized it in 1 Corinthians 15, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. There are a lot of true stories in this world, but none are more important than this one about our Savior and what he did for sinners. This is the gospel truth. Anchor devotional is available in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.